everyone, and welcome into another edition of Coach Time on the Believe Network. I'm your host, John Lyons, and we have a loaded show for you today. It is all NFL. It starts with Aaron Rodgers. We also have the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday night. I'm going to tell you who I think every single team should pick and why, but we need to start with the big story, and I just referenced it from the beginning, and that is Aaron Rodgers. The trade is official. He is going to be a New York Jet, and the Jets gave up a pick swap this year, so the Packers now have the 13th overall pick. The Jets have the 15th overall pick. They gave up a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional pick next year, which right now is a second-rounder, but if Aaron Rodgers plays at least 65% of the snaps, which I'd be stunned if he didn't, it'll end up being a first-rounder, so essentially a first-rounder there. So I think it's a pretty good deal for both sides. I mean, Rodgers is a 39-year-old QB who didn't want to play for Green Bay, and they get to move up two spots in the first, get a second, a sixth, and probably a first next year. I think that's a pretty good deal. And for the Jets, they finally have a good quarterback, right? You go back through the Jets this century. How many times this century have we been able to say that the Jets have a good quarterback? Chad Pennington, for a couple of years there, he was pretty good. Mark Sanchez, he was never really good. He was carried by great defenses and some skilled players around him so this is the best quarterback situation they've had in a very very long time and just for reference okay so Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet now Aaron Rodgers might not be the perennial MVP candidate that he was a few years ago but let's compare him to what the New York Jets had so the New York Jets had three starting quarterbacks last year Mike White Zach Wilson Joe Flacco those three guys combined for 3,931 yards, 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Not great. Aaron Rodgers, in what was a down year for him, had 3,695 yards, so a little less passing yards, but he had 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So more touchdowns, fewer interceptions, and his completion percentage of 64.6 was higher than any of those three guys. So even though Rodgers may not be the perennial MVP candidate that he has been throughout most of his career. This is still a pretty big upgrade for the Jets on the touchdown interception completion percentage numbers alone. So the Jets right now, to me, are going to be the second best team in the AFC East. And Miami's going to be right there with them. They're going to be battling for it. But you look at, they have the offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, uh, defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner. But beyond them, a really good young core. They have Quinn and Williams. They have Brees Hall, right? They have those two young rookies I mentioned already, Elijah Vera Tucker. The Jets have a really good young core, and what held them back last year more than anything was quarterback play. The Jets went 8-9 and nine last year. Six of those nine losses were one-possession games. You don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to win you a few of those games, get you to 10 wins, maybe even 11? So I think right now, at least on paper, and I know it's before the draft, the Jets look like the second best team in the AFCs to me, and I do think the AFCs might end up being the most loaded division in the NFL this year. All four of those teams could make a legitimate run for the playoffs. Buffalo's a Super Bowl contender. Miami and New England have a few more questions at quarterback than the Jets do now with Rodgers, but there's still teams that Miami was in the playoffs last year. New England, with a bad coaching setup, missed it by one game. So they're right there on the edge. That AFC is going to be legit, but the Jets to me, They've been a quarterback away last year and the year before too, but especially last year. Now they have that guy and Rogers again, he's not going to win a Super Bowl by himself. He's not going to get to the AFC championship game by himself, but he's going into a situation 
that is better than the one he left in Green Bay, at least talent-wise. So he's going into a good situation. The Jets are getting what they sorely missed last year. And like I said, New York, 8-9 and nine last year. Six of those nine losses were one-possession games. Rodgers had 12 more touchdown passes than all three Jet starters combined, and he had two fewer interceptions. So I like the trade for both teams. I think Green Bay got a good return. I like it for the Jets, and I think this draft, it's really important, not just for the Jets for obvious reasons. I think it's really important for Miami and New England because if the Jets have a better draft than Miami and New England, they are going to be ahead of Miami and New England in the standings this year because those teams are on similar planes. New England beat the Jets twice last year. They split with Miami, but now the Jets have a better quarterback set up. They have better young talent. Miami won most of the games the two has started, but he wasn't fully healthy throughout most of last year. So, those two teams going to Miami have some big questions. They made some good additions this offseason, but I think this weekend is super important for them if they are going to hang with the Jets. Believe it or not, I'm saying that. Hang with the Jets and be the second-best team in the AFCs, but I think that division is loaded, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And speaking of this weekend, I'm going to go through the entire first round of the NFL draft because the NFL draft starts on Thursday night. I'm going to tell you, who I think every single team should pick, and I'm going to tell you why. All right, so first up, Bryce Young. To me, he is the number one overall pick. He should go to Carolina with the number one overall pick. Carolina traded up to get him and or to get the number one pick, and I think it's going to be him. And look, why do I like Bryce Young? He has great numbers. He's had a great career at Alabama. I go back to the 2021 Iron Bowl, and you might think, why would I go back to that? The Alabama offense had a lot of trouble in that game. And then when they really needed a play, when they were down 10 to three in the fourth quarter and they needed somebody to do something, Bryce Young let him down to tie the game on a touchdown. They eventually won the game in overtime. And to me, every single one of the quarterbacks that gets drafted put up big numbers and has a lot of talent. But how many of them went through situations like that and overcame them? And I think Bryce Young is unique in that end. So that's why I give him the slight edge over C.J. Stroud at number two. And at number two overall, at number two overall, I love C.J. Stroud, right? So even though Bryce Young's my number one guy, I still think C.J. Stroud is an absolute stud. We saw what he did against that Georgia defense in the uh, college football playoff, and that was the closest thing to an NFL defense you'll see in college football. And he was lights out in that game. And I think Houston, look, they're one of those teams. They have a couple first-round picks. I think they can get their franchise quarterback early and still get a great player later on in the first round. So Young and Stroud are one, two for me. Number three, I know there's been some rumblings about Paris Johnson to the Cardinals, and, and I get where they're coming from. I go Will Anderson here. Two years ago, the Cardinals lost Chandler Jones in free agency. J.J. Watt just retired. They have a lot of trouble winning games late and playing well late in the season. We've seen them fade down the stretch of games and fade down the stretch of seasons several times over the past five years. Cliff Klingsbury lost his job because of that, and I think now with a new coach, maybe that'll be a little bit better, but I still think you want somebody that's going to make that big play late. I think Will Anderson is that guy. Will Levis, another Will, I have him at number four to the Colts. Look, the Colts have been trying to figure out their quarterback situation since Andrew Luck retired, they did get one good year out of Phillip Rivers. Their quarterback situation was a disaster last year. I think they need a guy like Levis. And look, if Stroud or Young were to fall to them at four, that's where I would go. Okay, I both think they're better than Levis. But 
In this situation, I, I pick Levis at four. Hopefully he can start right away, even if he needs to develop, though. I'm, I'm all in on Levis going at four to the Colts. Five, Jalen Carter, a guy who at the very end of the college football season looked like he could be the number one overall pick. I have him at five to Seattle. I know there's some off-the-field questions. I think if anybody can handle that, it's Pete Carroll and the Seahawks culture. It's something they've done before. They've done a really good job with either guys who either have off-the-field questions or are very outspoken or just kind of eccentric, right? They've been able to take guys from all different kinds of guys have them fit in in Seattle and win a lot of games. So I think Jalen Carter there, and I think that's a great value at five for the Seahawks, another team with multiple first-round picks. And speaking of multiple first-round picks, I know, third third one already with multiple. Detroit. Look, I'm high on Detroit. I think they can win the NFC North, but they got to have a good weekend. Detroit is close to being good enough to win the NFC North, but they got to have a good weekend to push themselves over the edge. I have them picking Devin Witherspoon, who I think is the best corner in the draft. I love Christian Gonzalez. I give a slight edge to Witherspoon. I've gone back and forth on that, I know, but right now I'm giving a slight edge to Witherspoon. They get him at six, and that gives them, they had Aiden Hutchinson last year in the top 10. Now they have Devin Witherspoon in the top 10. Gives them an answer up front and an answer in the back of the defense for years to come. So Detroit with Devin Witherspoon at sixth overall. And I mentioned Gonzalez. I love Christian Gonzalez. Tall, long, great man corner, good in press, good against routes. I have him going to the Raiders. We saw the Raiders last year, first half of the season, they blew three games in which they had a 17-point lead. They need somebody that's going to make that game ceiling play for them. And maybe they think now that Jimmy Garoppolo's on board and it's a full year of Josh McDaniels in the offseason that they'll be able to get back on track with not blowing games. But Christian Gonzalez is a guy that can make that sort of big play. So I love that pick for them at seven if it works out that way, which is what I'm mocking right now. At eight, I have Peter Skaronsky. A lot of people look at him as the best offensive lineman in the draft. I think he is amazing. As a prospect, I think he's a guard over a tackle, maybe tackle sometimes, but a better guard. I put him at eight to the Falcons, tackle out of Northwestern. Look, Desmond Ritter looks like he's going to get a real shot there. They have Kyle Pitts. They have some really nice pieces on offense, young pieces, but they need to shore up up front. I have Skaronsky at eight. At nine, look, the Bears offensive line had a lot of problems last year. They trade down to nine and they can get Paris Johnson Jr., who I think is the best offensive tackle in the NFL draft. So that's a guy that can protect Justin Fields, be there at left tackle or right tackle, probably left tackle, for many years to come. So not only do they pick up a bunch of ammo and a trade down, they still get Paris Johnson at number nine. I love it. Number 10, Broderick Jones to the Eagles. Now, you might think that sounds odd. The Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football, but Jason Kelsey flirted with retirement this offseason. Lane Johnson getting older. I think that's a position that they want to be early in, especially considering there's such a run-heavy offense with a mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts. They want to make sure they are a year ahead of everything on the offensive line. I have Broderick Jones going to the Eagles, and I think, I think if it works out that way for them, let him even develop for a year, start as the year goes on, and they'll be in great shape. They'll have their future tackle for years and years to come. 11. I still have Anthony Richardson sitting on the board at 11, and I have him going to the Tennessee Titans at 11th overall. Look, if this dude develops, right, he's a little raw right now. If he develops, Anthony Richardson is going to be the best player from the 2023 NFL draft if he develops well. I'm putting him in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel, probably a year behind Tannehill, and then at that point, 
give him a shot. I, I think he could be the best player in the NFL draft from 2023 if he has a chance to develop. 12th overall, the best receiver in the draft, going to Houston, Jackson Smith and Jigma. So earlier in this draft, I had them getting their top quarterback prospect, all right, for them at least on their board at that time because Bryce Young went number one. I had them getting their top guy and C.J. Stroud, future franchise quarterback. And then now at 12th overall, they're getting his number one receiver, elite, elite player, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know he skipped the college football playoff. I didn't like it either, but I think he's going to be a great NFL receiver. So I have Houston getting not only CJ Stroud from Ohio state, Jackson Smith and Jigba too. That brings us to where the Aaron Rodgers trade comes in because now green Bay is a 13th overall. And I went back and forth. I thought receiver here, maybe O-line, you know, I wanted something to help out Jordan love. I go Dalton Kincaid tight end out of Utah. I think when you have a young quarterback, giving him a great tight end security blanket that can grow with him is a huge advantage to have. And I think Kincaid is going to end up being the best tight end in the draft. I think it's a great fit for him in Green Bay. So I have Kincaid to 13, at 13, excuse me, to Green Bay. At 14th overall, Joey Porter Jr. to the New England Patriots. Porter Jr. is a tall, long corner, 6'2", 195 pounds, plays press man really well, can mirror roots, routes, excuse me, really well. I think he's exactly what New England needs because pause there. <coughs> because when you look at the Patriots defenses over the last 20 years under Bill Belichick that have been good, they've always had a long man coverage capable corner, whether it was Ty Law, whether it was Aqib Talib, Darrell Rivas, Malcolm Butler, or Stefan Gilmore. A long corner who could play press man and man coverage really well. I think Joey Porter's that guy. They don't have that guy right now. They have a good secondary, but they don't have anyone that is a long, tough press corner right now on their roster. You look at Jonathan Jones, great corner. He's short, has short arms. Jalen Mills, his arms, I think, were in the 26th percentile in length in his draft. So, not a long corner type room in New England. Having Joey Porter will allow them to have that again. At 15, he's not the first tackle off the board, but he might be my favorite one. Darnell Wright of the Tennessee Volunteers is going to go to the New York Jets. If I'm the Jets, now that you have Rodgers, protect him. You have weapons. And I know some people say, well, Brees Hall is coming off an injury. Garrett Wilson alone. Sure, the Jets probably could use another weapon. I won't dispute that. But I think Darnell Wright is a 10 to 12 year starter at right tackle in the NFL. Who knows? Maybe even left tackle as well. At 16th overall, Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas Tech going to the Commanders. Reports came out today that they are not going to pick up the fifth year option on Chase Young. So they ha already have an elite defensive line, but they may be in the market for a Chase Young replacement if they don't want to pick up that fifth year option. So I like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech to the Washington Commanders. That's the first half of the first round already. I know I kind of flew through it, but I'm so excited for draft time. It's such a great time of the year. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and then I'm going to go through the rest of the first round, who every team should draft and why, coming right up on Coach Time. Welcome back in. Thank you to our sponsors for that quick word, and I'm going to pick up at number 17 overall to Nolan Smith. Just a quick recap. We had Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud off the board at 1-2. Will Levis was at 4. Of course, Will Anderson at 3. We had a couple tackles come off the board at 8-9. and nine. Anthony Richardson at 11 to Tennessee. Joey Porter Jr. 
to New England at 14, and we finished at 16 with Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas Tech. And, of course, I'm going to be posting this full mock draft in the coming days, so be sure to check that out. At 17th overall, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nolan Smith, edge out of Georgia. I think you put him with TJ Watt, and you have a great edge combo for the next several years, and then eventually if TJ Watt ever moves on, you have a replacement there for him. 18, Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle from Pitt. He might be the best pure defensive tackle in the draft besides Jalen Carter. So you get him at 18 overall if you're Detroit. And I already had Detroit at six getting Devin Witherspoon. So you take those two guys, put them with Aiden Hutchinson, who's already there. You have a great young core, which is why I would love Kalijah Kansi for the Detroit Lions. Number 19, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just signed Jamel Dean to a big contract extension. I think they could use some help at safety, not just now, but in the long term. That's a team that's in a rebuild. They do need a lot of talent. They also need some leadership on that defense. I think Branch can come in and give that. Seattle, their second pick of the first round. I gave them a defensive tackle early. Now I'm going to give them an offensive lineman in Osiris Torrance. Great name, by the way. Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida. I know 20 might be high for a guard. I get it. But look, Kenneth Walker III looked awesome last year. Geno Smith was comeback player of the year. I think you want to continue to shore up the interior of that offensive line. They got themselves a couple starting tackles out of the last couple drafts. So I think you want to continue to shore up the inside of that offensive line. 21st, Miles Murphy, edge out of Clemson to the Chargers. They blew a 27 to nothing lead in the playoff game. I know they have Joey Bosa. I want someone else that can make a big play too, right? They need it, right? They need someone else that can make a big play. Number 22, one of the more underrated players, I think not just in the first round, but in the entire draft, I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland. I think he is a terrific, long man coverage corner. A lot of the stuff I said about Joey Porter Jr., you can also say about Deontay Banks. So I would love that fit for the Ravens. And I think in a division that has Joe Burrow, it's got Deshaun Watson now for a full year. And if the steel, we know how good the Steelers are, at least at developing wide receivers, and we'll see how good Kenny Pickett is, you're going to need really good secondary play. And I like Deontay Bakes on the Ravens at corner. The Vikings, they have Justin Jefferson. They have Dalvin Cook. I'm going to give him another weapon here in Jordan Addison. I love the addition of Brian Flores on defense. I wouldn't be shocked if they go defense with this pick, but Addison was still on the board at this point. And I think you put him in an offense that already has Jefferson and already has Dalvin Cook, and it becomes incredibly difficult to stop them. The Jaguars, I think they need help at corner. I have Emmanuel Forbes here. They, they have Trevor Lawrence. They have Travis Etienne. They have a pretty good young core. Wouldn't hate if they went receiver here. They, they are okay up front in the front seven. They need some help at corner. Emmanuel Forbes, talk about a ball hawk. He had six pick sixes in his career. That's an NCAA record. He had three last year. Really great length, great speed as well. I think it'd be an awesome fit for the Jaguars at corner. 25, the New York Giants, they need help at receiver. They have Daniel Jones, who had a good year last year, got an extension. They have Saquon Barkley. There is no one in that receiving core that scares anyone. I have them picking Zay Flowers out of Boston College. The first Boston College receiver ever taken in the first round, to me, it's Zay Flowers at 25th overall to the Giants. The Cowboys, I debated a lot. I thought about B. John Robinson here. I didn't do it. I went Michael Meyer, tight end out of Notre Dame. I think they need something 
down the seam better than what they've had over the past few years in Dalton Schultz. And I think Michael Meyer can be that guy. 27th, look, the Bills were a big disappointment in the playoffs last year. They went up against the Cincinnati offensive line. They was missing three starters. They couldn't create any pressure. Cincinnati dominated them en route to a playoff win in the divisional round in Buffalo. And I know the snow was part of it. I want somebody on the Bills who can just get after the quarterback. It's Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. I think that's the guy. And if he, I mean, they need someone to come in and solve those issues they've had getting after the quarterback, especially in crunch time moments. And then speaking of those Bengals at 28, look, if Brian Branch had still been on the board, I would have picked him here with Jesse Bates leaving. I went with Cam Smith, though, because either way, I wanted to get some more, them more, them some more, excuse me, secondary help. I, I think that's really important for Cincinnati because as Joe Burrow gets an extension, which we know is coming, and Jamar Chase, they're going to have some good players leave. And we just saw the first one in Jesse Bates. So I think they need some more secondary help to prevent more as more and more good players prevent them from their defense from weakening. I have Cam Smith from South Carolina at 28 at 29. I finally did it. Bijan Robinson to the saints. No great reason there other than he was such a great player at this point. I thought it was too much to pass up Bijan Robinson, 29 to the saints. And I know they have bigger needs, but I just think he was so great. And after Robinson goes to the Saints, I have the Eagles at 30, their second pick of the first round, taking Brian Breesey, defensive tackle out of Clemson. They've had a great defensive line for years. I want to see that continue for them. I think you put him on the inside, he can be a space eater and a playmaker for a very long time to come. And the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a defense that has a lot of big names on it, a lot of good players. I think if you add him to the mix on a line that has Jordan Davis from last year, long-term, that's a great pair. And right now they still have Fletcher Cox. They have Josh Sweat. They have Brandon Graham. I love him in that rotation. And as some of those older guys, such as Cox, maybe get a little more older and move on, I think he's a great piece to have there as a replacement long-term. And 31 for the Chiefs. They just let Orlando Brown leave in free agency. We saw what happened when they had a good offensive line this year. They won the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. So give them a good offensive line. They'll be fine. I have Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma going to them at 31. And that's it for the first round of the draft. I think it's going to be a very exciting and unpredictable first round. Please make sure you tune in for it. Please make sure you tune in for not only this episode, but the next episode of Coach Time, in which I will break down every first-round pick. I'll also talk about some teams that I really like their draft and some I didn't. So thank you for watching this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode as well for those of you listening in podcast form. And I will see you next time. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy the draft.